Welcome to The Glow Up. I'm Bianca Likes and this is our Air VIP Power of Women mini-series where we're sitting down with some of the country's best and brightest female entrepreneurs. We'll be finding out how they built their businesses and the secrets to their success. The Glow Up podcast is brought to you by Air, Ireland's number one business broadband provider and title sponsor of the Air VIP Publishing Power of Women Awards. AIR's purpose is to connect for a better Ireland, and as Ireland's largest telecommunications provider, they are committed to delivering the best broadband and mobile experience, empowering small businesses right across the country. Power your way through the working day with Ireland's most reliable broadband speeds, only with AIR Fibre Broadband from just $34.99 a month. Pair that with the best 5G network availability on AIR Business Mobile, and you'll stay connected wherever you go. To find out more about Air Business, visit air.ie forward slash business, go into your local store or call one of their business specialists on 1-800-220-200. So today we're sitting down with the winner of the Air VIP Publishing Power of Women Communications Award, Amy Buckridge. Stay tuned after as well for my chat with Air's Managing Director of Customer Operations, Sinead O'Gorman. Today, I'm joined in studio by founder and director of Irish PR Agency, the Publicity Loft, and winner of our communications award, Amy Buckridge. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome, winner. Oh, listen, it is so nice to be here because I was... MIA on, on the day, so I'm, I'm actually delighted to get to sit down with you today. Well, you know, it didn't feel like you were M- MIA on the day no. because you were giving so much love to us, mm. sending us reels and um, messages. And uh, and then, you know, you, you, you sent us a lovely post as well, thanking us and saying what an important win it was for you mm. and that it really did matter. Um, and you can tell us now why it really did matter to you. Oh, wow. Um, I suppose uh, the nature of PR um, is that our job is to shine a spotlight on people, on brands, on what they're doing and what they're achieving, on messages they want to share. And um, I suppose I've always over the years felt that that is the primary objective and what we're doing. So it's not about us. So we're definitely behind the scenes making it happen, but we're not. It isn't about us. And there are very few awards that are, I, I suppose, um, lend themselves to that communications piece being featured. And I'm doing this a really long time. Mm. So actually, there was that moment that it felt, it just felt that full circle piece of going, wow, like, you know, what we're doing, you know, people notice what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we see that notice for the people around us and what we're working on with them. And that's so important. Mm. But it was actually just that nice moment of kind of going, oh, people notice yeah. that we're doing that yeah. with those people, with those teams, with those brands. And it felt very special for the team that I work with as well, because they got to be part of this mm. great energy, this great feeling. And um, I just think it was it was just that moment that allowed the spotlight mm. sit for a moment and go, actually, what you do is make a difference. It matters. And I mean, that was kind of one of the taglines really of the awards was that, you know, we wanted the those women, all those nominees in that room that day to feel seen, to mm. feel recognised and to feel heard um, because so often they're not. Mm. Um, and in particular, uh, this communications award is very important. And as you say, it's not always an award that you would see a, a, on an award roster at an award mm. ceremony. But from a publishing perspective, us at VIP magazine and a seller magazine and a TV Now magazine and at all publishing houses across the country, you guys are the ones that we deal with. You know, That's you're, true. you're That's the true. ones that bring us the stories, <laughs> yeah. you know, and to not recognize you and to not notice you would be would do a disservice to PR full stop, because without without you guys, there is no communication channel. 
Like we, we need you. Well, certainly we see that gap a lot of the time where you have, you know, big global brands that have a massive marketing machine, incredible PR departments and what they're doing, working with very well established agencies. And equally, then you have small up and coming talent, new businesses finding their way, wondering at what point will they be big enough to warrant having an agency and part of that noise and part of that journey tends to be that relationship with the PR that is connecting them with yeah. the right journalists or the, the right noisemakers for their brand. So I think that piece is just, mm. it's recognising that at different stages and at different levels that you are that connector for the brand and their story or their message. You're, you're, you're storytelling a lot of the time, essentially, in terms of what you're doing. But whether it's for a huge brand or for somebody starting out on their journey, they have different needs. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is yeah. great that that can be acknowledged. And then we tell your story, the story that you tell us, and then the brands bring you their story. So let's talk about some of the brands that you do represent, because I've listed them here now. And I mean, I'm just going to gloat for you for a moment (laughs) because I know that you probably won't. And I'm going to just mention the big names here. okay? so and of course, the smaller names or not the smaller names, but the other names are there too. But I'm just going to go with these ones first. Chloe, um, Gucci Beauty, Calvin Klein, Nux, Dermalogica, Marc Jacobs Fragrance. I mean, they are big brands to be working with, aren't they? Yeah, that feels good. Doesn't it? Like, <laughs> it does, yeah. it does. Um, it's funny, when I started out, I very much, um, I originally worked in primarily fashion PR. And that was just the time and what that looked like. And Ireland as a market was never really set up to be, have agencies that specialised in an area or that were really, you know, focusing on one piece. And after, I'm going to say, the last recession, that changed in terms of that direction as well. And over the years, yeah, if you'd asked me to kind of pinpoint brands that I thought were doing something incredibly special, doing things really well or that I'd be really excited, like really excited by. Mm. Um, I probably in my wildest dreams wouldn't have picked some of those in terms of headline going to, you know, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing here. So we've been very, very lucky, very privileged, but also work very hard to make sure that we are positioned in the right place to be their brand guardians on the ground. And it is as much about protecting their brands as is is about making sure people know about them as well. So there's a real mix in terms of what we do. And like that, you know, there's instantly recognisable global names there in terms of things we do. And then I look at some of the Irish brands and, and what we do, and it's everything from skin ingredients and being well, part of their left journey. Jennifer Rock has just oh. left the room. <laughs> We're like the sh- <laughs> passing ships in the night. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's that piece that, you know, we definitely have, you know, or Curly Co starting out what they're doing or Sauce the Skincare. Like there's lots of beautiful brands that are doing really, really special things. And actually those brands on the growth trajectory are nearly more exciting sometimes yeah. because you're a part of making a real difference to what's happening. So yeah, look, Listen, there's some incredible brand names that we get to represent and get to call our own in terms of part of our our family of what we do. Um, And it is. It's a nice feeling. Tell me about the Publicity Loft and take me back to the beginning, where it started. I mean, how old are you? Oh, okay. So Publicity Loft. Okay, there's kind of two parts to this story. I'm going to give you part part one started um, and I'm going to say I was very green, very young, left my job and it wasn't intentional to set up a PR agency. So I didn't have this big master plan, this big picture of what I was going to do. Um, I knew I was good at what I did. I knew I really loved it. Um, It didn't feel like going to work at all. Mm. I also had an awful lot more to learn. Um, But I had left a job that I needed to move in terms of certain things that were that were happening that weren't working for me in terms of how I was feeling within at the time. And I decided I was going to do a course in journalism because that was my weak spot. Mm. And I did not realize going into PR that I thought it was 
talking. I thought I had the best job ever getting to talk on the phone all day and get to go to parties. And then I very quickly learned that <laughs> was it, not the case. No, <laughs> Two good perks, though. Uh, Two yeah. good perks, yeah. right. Um, and certainly in my early years, it was so much fun. Um, still is fun, but it yeah. was just it was different. Yeah. Um, but where I realised my weakness was my writing. So I actually left and applied to do a journalism course. And one or two people had heard that I'd left where I was. And I remember getting a phone call one evening from Kathleen O'Callaghan, who was a fashion editor at the time. And she's saying, listen, this brand is in town. Um, I've just given them your name because like they might just need a bit of help on the side. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then somebody that I used to work with in a UK PR agency, she would have been my counterpart there um, for uh, another brand. She was like, oh, I'm in Dublin next week. I am going to go out for dinner. Let's catch up. And I was like, yeah. And she said, oh, look, we're interviewing agencies when we're over. And so we went out for dinner, like just as a normal dinner plan. There was nothing more to it. We were just having the catch up and she was telling me about her day. And um, her client joined her that evening. And uh, I got a phone call two days later. They were saying, will you take on the brand? So it wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't set out to go, right, I'm setting up an agency. I Did I feel ready? Absolutely not. Um, did I enjoy the opportunity completely? Yeah. Uh, I knew I had the fire in my belly. I knew I was very clear strategically about what I, you know, I felt strongly about what a brand should or shouldn't be doing. But there was so many areas that I knew nothing about. Mm. The accounting side, running the business side, that, what was it? Mm. Um, Like I have some shocking stories in terms of like, you know, great long term (laughs) because the lessons learned were phenomenal. But so it started there and actually um, that business I remember when I said to my parents, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna set up a business like this, these things are coming to me. And my dad was having a heart failure with me. And he was like, Amy, what are you doing? And he said, You've you've had a great job, great, you know, working on incredible brands, and I really just feel you're 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 not ready, you're too young. So he asked me to meet a friend of his for some business advice, is what I'll say. And I remember thinking, God, I say. So I went in and I met this guy um, who turned it. He was a solicitor. And at the time he was involved in multiple businesses. And he said, what you need to do for your first few years is get a business partner and learn absolutely everything you can from them. Then get rid of them and move on in terms of what you're doing. So uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. But I had no intentions of actually listening, doing that at all. Um, and a few days later, he rang me and he said, I'd like to be your first business partner. Um, and I was like, well, so what are you going to bring to the table? <laughs> and because uh, he'd already told yeah, me, he yeah. was saying, well, you should be giving out this and you should be taking yeah. that. And so anyway, we were, I was laughing. I said, so what are you what are you what are you going to do for me? And he said, well, you can use my bookkeeper in my office. So we'll do all your accounts. And obviously I had this bank of uh opportunity in terms of legal information. So I became a legal whiz very quickly in terms yes. of our industry, which has definitely stood to me over the years. Um, so he quietly in the background was my business partner for the first three years in my, I'm going to say, quite early 20s. Um, I learned everything I could legally in terms of, and I, it really did stand to yeah. me in the long run. Um, he brought the accounting piece and then in three years we exited and we, we went our own ways. Um, and interestingly, that's when my biggest growth came because I knew nothing about accountancy. Yeah. And all of a sudden that was on my lap. Yeah. So that was uh, it was it was interesting. Um, it was difficult and it was something that I. Yeah. You look in the long run and you go, did I learn from it? Absolutely. Um, I remember, you know, God, I, I I wasn't sending invoices out on time. I wasn't. I was kind of going, what do you mean? That's for fa-? like there were so many things that I just did not understand because I didn't have to to mm. that point. So it was a very steep learning curve, but one that stood to me definitely long term. It was so interesting that your that was your father's advice oh, to yeah. meet this person. Yeah, yeah. And then that that 
that guy that then suggested then coming on board yeah. and it was such it made it such an easy exit because yes. he had set it up for you in yes. a way well it's funny so he's it, actually played a, a very interesting role I would say there's like there's a few pivotal moments for me and one of them was like that I think and I'm going to say timing wise probably before last recession it was it was definitely I'm going to say maybe 2005 yeah. 6 mm. in and around that timing and again this was a massive business learning for me, but I just, I hadn't got my ducks in a row. Mm. I was doing a really, really good job in terms of PR. I was doing a great thing getting to work with lovely brands, but I was not watching my housekeeping in the background. Mm. So I had at one stage, I went to my dad and I was like, dad, like, you know, I owe 40 grand. Mm. Oh, what am I going to, this is stressing me out. What am I going to do? And my dad said to myself and my husband actually at the time, Okay, so now we must be about 2007 at this stage. My dad said to me, come in and meet me in my office one night. And uh, in the two of us, he said your husband's to come as well because I don't want to be saying something to you that you're going to misinterpret or not hear what I'm saying. So I thought, oh, okay, what's this, this going to look like? Scary. This, this is interesting. Okay, but I went in and um, he sat down like a really formal business meeting. And he had all the things written out in front of him in terms of, so this is what you say is owed out. This is what, you know, would make it easier. This is what would make it better. And he said, so what I'm going to do for you is I'm not going to give you a loan. I'm not going to fix this for you, mm-hmm. but you're going to get a loan from the bank and I'm going to go guarantor on it. Right. And I remember thinking, OK, yeah, that, that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get the magnitude of the lesson I was going to learn. Yeah. And what actually happened in the, the, the next year or two that followed is his point was my relationship was with a bank and mm. not with him. And it meant that you had your commitment, you were going to fail in what you were doing. So that learning piece was incredible. But had he not done that, mm-hmm. I just don't know would I have ever taken it as seriously. Mm-hmm. Would I have showed up in the way I ended up showing up? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the biggest of all. I'm 21 years doing what I'm doing. It was that that was the biggest learning wow. for me. And, and the me, best learning. Is your father in business? He's an engineer. He is. So he's been working for himself all his life. So well, self-employed his whole yeah, life. Self-employed, so, so, yeah. So, so you've inherited that that piece that for piece sure yeah him. for for sure for sure and then when my first boy was born um he's 15 now at the time i remember getting a phone call he was probably 8 weeks old yeah. i got a phone call from a guy who owned an advertising agency saying would you be interested in selling um i'm looking for a pr agency right. and i had just had my first child and at that point in time so the plan hadn't been about creating an exit plan it wasn't about selling a business but it came at a moment in time where as a self-employed woman, mm-hmm. it was the first time I went, oh my God, will somebody please pay me my check mm-hmm. on the 25th of the month? Mm-hmm. And can I go home at half five in the evening? And I just I just wanted some normality mm-hmm. in terms of not that hustle that had been such a part of the 10 years prior. So, um, so yeah, I agreed to sell the agency at the time to this other company and uh, we worked together for two years. And after two years, we went our own ways. And that's when Publicity Loft was born overnight, literally overnight. Right. Um, so that's where uh, that's what that looked like. My yeah. gosh. Mm. So Publicity Loft then is how old now? So today? Publicity Loft now is 13 years old. 13 years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And has the growth been constant and steady? Um, have, what, like where are you at now at the moment? Every year you kind of go in with a different visibility and what you're looking to do and what you're trying to achieve. Um, or what it you know and again looking at wider businesses so for a long time we found we had an awful lot of beauty wellness lifestyle brands coming to us in terms of what they were doing um as a team a lot of what we do is about being creative mm-hmm. um we need that energy we need that fire that's where covid didn't suit people not being together mm-hmm. you you definitely need that so for us um 
on that growth piece and what we're doing where we've made decisions along the way where we're kind of going, no, we don't want to be just beauty in terms of what we're doing. You know, there's other projects and initiatives that we work on that actually really put fire in your belly mm-hmm. and allow for a different creativity, a different perspective. And actually it's made me realize that's really important because it allows us then bring something fresh mm-hmm. in other things that we're doing. Um, in terms of agency size, I for many years used, I suppose the language for me was we're, you know, we don't want to be the biggest. We just want to be the best at what mm. we do. And I definitely give and I think that I started working for myself at such a young age. I think part of that made me realize that I was always playing the small, you know, our right. pieces that we go in, we yeah. go, oh, we're small, but mighty, but we're yeah. small. And, you know, I so over during COVID, I started working with this incredible coach who has just been so beneficial to my mindset in terms of how, I do what I do. And why did you feel you needed a coach? It was, it was actually, it was interesting. Um, I There's a lovely man, Dr. Robert Kelly, who I have to thank for this, but um, I ended up having to see a cardiologist mm. um, just, just before COVID kicked in. And I sat in front of him and I remember him telling me half the problems people have are circumstantial as opposed to something physically being wrong and he said I feel you'd really benefit from having a coach that would understand business the business world in helping you navigate how you make your juggle work better for you um I have three boys I don't live in Dublin so there's a commute involved I have a busy business mm-hmm. um a team of people that I needed to le- learn to lead how many better. Are you? um so there's nine of us in the team mm-hmm. And um, he actually said, I'm going to give you the name of this guy. Um, and uh, he introduced me to this guy, Ian Kingston. Um, I say this guy, Ian, mm. Ian, has become an incredibly important part of my life over the last few years. Um, and actually, our first session we met before uh, the lockdown. And I remember the lockdown kicked in. I said to my husband, I can't be dealing. I don't have the time. And he goes, actually, hang on a second. This is exactly when you have the time. Mm. So I started seeing him every two weeks. And I've just gone on such a journey in terms of my vision, in terms of what we do, how we communicate, the things I've learned. Um, things how to change your vision? I think uh, in the past, I very naively, um, I didn't realise that people learn how to be a leader. Right. Which is going to sound quite unusual yeah. saying from somebody who's in business as long as I am. But I didn't realise what a learned process it is in terms of how we were, even though I'm in communications, yeah. in terms of how we communicate with our team, how you lead your team, how you interact with clients and that are actually they want to work a certain way. How do you get the best out of them in terms of what they're doing? How do you bring the best to them? Um, And how do you bring that energy, the Mm -hmm. energy in terms of what you're doing? And I think that's where it helped me channel. What was I? How do I serve myself better? Mm -hmm. How do I make decisions that are going to benefit me? Um, Where am I wasting time on things that just aren't valuable is it in terms of, from a team perspective, how do I help them? Mm. How do I nurture their talent and let them fly, let them do brilliant things? Um, and I think my mindset, because I had that mindset that was, we're small but mighty, mm-hmm. I wasn't seeing the true potential of every single person around me. And it is, I would often say to clients, surround yourself with people that are really brilliant at what yeah. they do, you know? And they're kind of going, you're looking internally going, I'm surrounded mm-hmm. by these incredible girls, women, in terms of, and that's purely in terms of who's applied to yeah. us for jobs. We would love to have yeah. them as well. Um, but it is, it has just been that piece for us that it allowed me see things through other people's eyes. It gave you the pa- space to step back probably as space well. Is step back, yeah. Space is the big word. Space is the big word. I recognise that to be creative, to be strategic in what we do, 
you need space. If your back yeah. is to the wall, you're not going to come up with the best ideas. Yeah. You're not going to come up with something different. You desperately don't want to be doing what's been done before mm. constantly. Um, and what I've learned is that space is what gives you the freedom mm. to look at what needs to be done. Yeah. So to be a leader, I would think that as well as space, you would also have to separate your ego from stuff and your contr- the, the controlling element of you because... When you're in a position of control running a company, obviously everything stops with you. So then to be able to find the space to step mm. back, to let them fly, to let them flourish, that must be a, one of the hardest parts. It's very difficult. Yeah. Um, and again, this piece was definitely um, an ongoing learned process for me in recognising that why would I keep stepping in and doing something? And I remember yeah. at the time Ian saying to me, he gave me a really, really good podcast. I think Mel Robbins had done it at the time, but it was very much focused on um, over-functioning. Mm. So like, you know, I need ABCD done. And so will you do ABCD? And then you go, well, actually, no, I'll do that myself. And then yeah. I'll do that myself. And I'll do that myself. So there was a lot of that. And I, I just, I remember the penny dropping going, oh my God, it just sounded, it made sense. Mm. Um, I could really see myself in what I was listening to. And um, that's when our work started, you know, uh, in looking at the team. And actually, we brought in a separate coach, um, a neuro coach who works with my team. So they have their own coach. What a company to work for. <laughs> my God, give us a job. Well, do you know what? It just made me realise, I think for so many years, I did not recognise yeah. that people had, that these roles existed to yeah. support to help you grow and allow you be better at your job. I didn't know about these things because I hadn't come up through bigger organisations, bigger corporates and what I was doing. So I've learned, I suppose, and I've been exposed to these things at different stages in my career. And I recognise that in that sense, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, and this is what we're doing. And it, it works very well for us as a business. Um, The team have incredible support in the form of Paddy is who they work with mm-hmm. and, and their things. Um, I, I always kind of kept in to myself a little bit in, in, in allowing me to have that separate space yeah, in yeah, identifying yeah, yeah. what we're doing and where we're going. Um, so it is I, I like so valuable, mm-hmm. um, so important. Um, and it's definitely allow us be a better version mm-hmm. of ourselves and what we're doing and, and in how we're meeting clients, anybody that we're interacting with now. I wonder, has parenting three boys taught you as well about stepping back? Um, I know the boys are, are growing up now a little bit and I always define parenting in a certain way that when, when, when they're young, you spend your life stepping in to fix problems. And then when they get a bit older, when they're kind of teenage years, you realise, oh God, I've got to step back here. Mm. You've got to let them make their mistakes yeah, themselves. Yeah. So I wonder, has that played yeah, into it anyway? Th- there's definitely a little bit where it, it, uh, you recognise pieces in terms of like that, you know, we know with our eldest, our job now is to prepare him to be able to spread his own wings and mm. fly and do what he's doing. Um, I think in my earlier years, I would have been, I always thought I was at the top of the organisation this is my business. Yeah. What I learned was there's room. I, I, I don't need to be at the top of my organization. Yeah. I don't need to be in everything. I need to be surrounded by people that are incredible what they do. And ultimately what, you know, I think it's allowed us to do really, really well is we have the same DNA. Mm. We have the same culture in terms. Of, so if you're talking to me or if you're talking to one of the other team mm-hmm. that you know that you're going to get that strategy that knowledge that you know in, in terms of that conversation and I think with the boys I've seen I've had to learn to kind of go okay right now I need to let them go and do this and definitely in in the the role and even gosh Pauline sometimes get conversation I'm going what am I going to do with the boys <laughs> so like it does it, it it all overlaps and it does play into it um but it 
I think I've learned that you have to take uh, create that space and that is reflective in my home life mm-hmm. and it equally is in mm-hmm. terms of my work life and in that sense I'm very lucky my husband he is just go and do what you need to do so sometimes like that recently yeah. um, I was in the States and there was a work chunk in terms of what we done but I took three days out and that three days was on my own in the middle of nowhere um, exciting it was, it was incredible it was incredible so come on paint the picture a bit better okay so where <laughs> okay. in the middle of nowhere were so you I was I was in Rhode Island and I was I water was essential I, I wanted to be near the water and are you in a house are you in a apartment I was in a hotel hotel but it was very very like there was no like there's just you. nobody that really there like it was kind of it was off season um, different I, time zone different time zone <laughs> walked the beach sat by a lighthouse for hours one day just wrote my thoughts down and it was kind of like that and again it was funny originally I was like I'm taking a digital detox I'm not doing this but actually what I had was space to come up with ideas and it's funny every year I used to go to a conference called Inbound in Boston which I found phenomenal I would go on my own um, I would choose who I wanted to see and what was there to be taken from it but I always found that that time to myself and so many times people said to me oh my god I must go with you next year that looks amazing mm. I was like no it's fine it's no. fine because I found that it gave me that yeah. pure space to yeah. just focus on the ideas what are we doing well what would I do differently what are other people doing in a different market um, I pay less attention to what's going on in, in our market um, sometimes because that's what everybody is seeing. Yeah. So I love to look at what's happening in Japan, what's happening in Australia, what's happening in the US. It's it's finding different places so and how are they doing it differently. That's so interesting. A real luxury. Gosh, wow. Mm, it was. It um, was. I'm curious about drive and determination and all that. And often I would think that there are people would have a plan. But it seems like in a way you didn't have a plan. It kind of just... Evolved. Evolved, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yet you're driven enough and determined enough to take three days away mm. on your own to discover what needs to happen next. Mm. So what, what, what the fire in the belly that you spoke of earlier on, like where, you know, what's the vision for you? OK, so it, it didn't. Yeah, it. I didn't have it in the earlier years. I was definitely and again, the language I would have used is I was winging it. And I don't mean winging it that I wasn't doing a good job, but there wasn't a plan for mm. me. I was so planned about the people around me and um, the brands around me, their structure, their vision, where they were going. But like that, my focus was never inward. It wasn't mm. like, what am I doing? What does this business look like? What, you know, what are we looking to grow mm. to? What what does that look like? And definitely since going on the path in terms of since meeting Ian, for sure, we're far more, you know, we have those conversations. What needs to change in the business? What needs to change to allow you do this? What is it you need for your team to let them grow up and step into what they're doing? And I think that's a big piece that... um. Uh, we did a lovely piece of work with the brand story last year and what came out of it was it was that piece of conversation that I was saying was the small but mighty and this is how we were presenting ourselves Mm -hmm. and what we were doing and actually what we realised was we were representing global brands doing incredible work and and I, you know, I I travelled quite a bit last year in terms of different events with brands we had the pleasure of being involved with. Um, but I also got to shadow some teams internationally, and there was one particular event that I was in LA for. Um, and I was there for a week, but I I went expecting to be just so blown away by every aspect of mm-hmm. because they were going to be bigger, they were going to be better, they'd have bigger budgets to do what they were doing. And I remember walking away going, God, we do a good job, mm. because I knew it was the attention to detail. It was yeah. the every it was the things like we spot gaps a lot for good and for bad I'm constantly Mm. spotting gaps how do we fill the gaps but 
the work that I've done, I, I suppose, off the back of giving my space to self space to see those things. And then equally the work I've been doing behind the scenes, I have a far greater picture in terms of how do we expand the portfolio of brands that we represent mm. in a way that it's not about being the biggest. I'm not looking to be a huge um, agency in terms of what we do. I do like the more personal approach for sure. Um, I like that I am connected with the team fully mm. in terms of what we're doing. Um, I do think it's so important that, you know, it's like if somebody's out sick or somebody's in holidays, I think every business owner should be in the business every six months like I mean properly in it because when we're working in the business you're not working on it yeah. and that's something I found recently um, one of the girls was on sick leave for a while and so I stepped into a lot of what she was doing and it was so important for me to see the nitty gritty mm. problems that they have on a daily basis or where I might kind of go look why, why can't we just get that done and you're kind of going well actually that requires those five people to come back and mm. you're relying on people doing things in time or in an efficient manner so we've definitely got more focused on how our processes, what that looks like, how our efficiencies work, the type of brands that we feel we would make a difference to or that would be an addition to the portfolio we currently have. A big part has been my people, I'm going to say, in giving them the space to grow mm -hmm. and to have their own mentor and in, in their coach that helps them develop to be the best version of themselves as well. Because if they're getting the opportunity to grow and you're fulfilling that need, you're creating a, a lovely, stable team in what you're doing. Um, so yeah, things I just wouldn't have necessarily thought mm. like that 10 or 15 years yeah. ago. So did you spot any gaps when you were in Rhode Island? That would be your plan for 2024? Oh, um, a little part of it was it was it was more of a focus on ourselves. And mm. actually one of I had a really interesting conversation when I was away. And actually that's that piece there about depersonalizing. Mm. So like that, we take things very to heart if something is kind of going right, if something is going wrong. But equally, we'd never promote our wins. We mm. would always be, no, 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 it's about other people. And it did make me realise, I suppose, for me, it was that moment of kind of going, we're doing something really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, we're working with incredible brands and we always are very hush, hush about, no, it's, it's mm. not about us. It's not about us. Yeah. Um, so I think it definitely, for me, made me realise that it's identifying more of the right thing we want to be involved with. Yeah. And being, um, I'm definitely after learning I'm far more particular about what doesn't feel right and if something isn't the right energy and if somebody's not our type of person we're never going to truly work brilliantly together mm. um, if somebody doesn't respect the job that we do and they're just ticking a box it's not going to work out mm. so I think there is a little bit that for me it was that where do you become brave in certain decisions that you make right and those decisions become more about you know you know I've I, and I've gone through this phase before and then you kind of get caught into something mm. else happens. But it, for me before, it it has been about being comfortable saying no, because not everything is for you. Yeah. Um, and it is nice to be able to kind of go, well, where, where do we really think we'll make a difference or do something really well? Um, so it's to try and attract and do more of that. Right. I think that's that that's the space piece for me just reiterated that piece. And it's whether it's that confidence or it is just acknowledging that if somebody is not your type of person, with your values and um, we can all have different visions of what mm. we're trying to achieve but that essential that core good person that you're all trying mm -hmm. to do something really well together and you get to feed off that great energy together if we don't have that it's just not yeah. for our business was it in Rhode Island where you got word about your win it was well actually it was just on my way down that it was okay. literally just before I got on the train brilliant. <laughs> yeah brilliant. um and I knew I was going to be back in New York for the end of that week but yeah um I I remember sitting on a, a three and a half hour yeah. train journey and I was like 
I have to think about like yeah, this then. But I also had this. Oh. I, I I really get you know I really get the picture now of why it meant so much because in a way you were you were going to find out about those pieces that you thought were missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of all kind of circled back to the same thing, really, wasn't it? You know, so uh, uh, something about foundation, the foundation of the business has mm. to be solid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, and that it is about soul and it's about the core. And then yeah. from that, good stuff can come. Well, I think there's a lot we would often say, like, you know, as a team. When the energy is right, we feel genuinely there's this we know we can bring this magic you yeah, know you can inject yeah. this spark but if the basics are not right we yeah. are not going to be doing yeah. our best work yeah. so it is um, you know it's about making sure that you're being associated with things and yeah. you're doing a job for things that you know you're going to be super proud of yeah. um, so without the basics right it, yeah. the, the rest just does not happen so obviously we all have our, our business our business life. That's if, if we work or our outside life. And then we have our home personal life as well. And n- not those two don't necessarily always marry together. So we could have problems at home um, and work could be going flying. So h- how do you um, separate those two? Um, as in when you go to work, are you able to dissociate yourself from everything else or does it bleed into it? I'm going to there's probably two parts. Um, I'm very lucky. Firstly, um, my husband is I mean, my biggest cheerleader. He is just very has been there, from, day, yeah. from day one. He's been like, you want to go to Boston for a few days? No problem. Oh, you're going to go to Rhode Island as part of that? No problem. He's like, do it and do it and enjoy yeah, it. And yeah. like, don't feel bad about it. Don't overthink it. But he also recognises my patterns. There's certain things that we'll do every now and then. And I'll kind of go, God, I'm feeling a bit anxious about this. Mm. And he'll kind of go, you do know that's because you're leaving for here tomorrow. This blah, 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 blah. And I kind of go, oh, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so there's that piece that he has. Uh, he has always encouraged and enabled me yeah. um, very, very comfortably. And the second piece is that we have an incredible, I'm going to say child minder. Yeah. And that that doesn't even do her justice because actually she's like my other wife. Yeah. And she runs my life hugely. And I remember in my early years really struggling with that thought. I'd go to business talks mm-hmm. and hear women and this perceived success of what they were doing and what that looked like. And I really struggled with that piece that everyone is telling these success stories. But like you're not hearing about the wheels mm-hmm. falling off in the background or what's yeah. going on. So I've been extremely lucky that when I go, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And I have learned to detach that piece. Now, don't get me wrong. It isn't like, you know, that I'll have certain I won't be away for a certain more than a certain period of time. It's not that frequent that that would happen. Um, I will try not. I won't miss the school runs in the morning. So it means I'll come up and miss the traffic later in terms of what we do. Um, we had, you know, we where it did all, I suppose, get thrown on its head. Two years ago, one of my sons had a very bad skiing accident. And that is the first time in my whole life, career-wise, that actually all everything dropped. Mm. Um, as in, I just was down to sticks. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't even have a conversation with somebody. And in that sense, my husband he ended up flying home with the other two kids at the time. He made sure everybody knew what was going on, who needed to do what, and fielded and protected me from that. So we're lucky we have a very good unit that gives me the space and freedom to do what I need to do. But I also have this incredible backup at home. Yeah. So without that. Yeah. I wouldn't have the freedom to go and do yeah. the business pieces. Yeah. So yeah. I do acknowledge, I think it's important instead of us all kind of going, oh, we just mm. do it all and we do it so easily. The reality is, and I firmly believe this, you're only as good as the people around you. Yeah. So whether it's my team and work and them showing up in an incredible way in what they do, it's my husband just knowing my brain and having my back on everything that I do. And then Lisa, who gets her own mention because she, oh, listen, you know, mm. she, she'll, she'll, 
no, there's food missing in the house or she'll yeah. be like, you know, this is needed or have you thought about that? Or, you know, so she'll she'll find my gaps sometimes and, and fill them in. So that's what allows that, yeah. you step away and not be worried about are they going to be collected? Who needs to be where? Because she knows our life inside out. And for that, I get that we're incredibly lucky. Um, but it's also a decision we've made to allow us do what we do and make both parts of my life function independently yeah. well. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, it is, yeah, I mean, the common denominator is support and a support mm. at home from your husband, from Lisa. We, For those of us that have Lisas in our life, we know how important and yeah. crucial they are. I had one as well when my children were younger. Um, and then, you know, Pippa when she picked up her award for Entrepreneur of the Year at the at the Power Women Awards, um, she also said from the stage as well that, you know, marry a good partner that supports you. Mm. And that's how her business works as well. Yeah, yeah. That's how she can, you know, design incredible new products yeah. and um, have a have a huge business because she has a, a, a husband that supports her. And that's the other other piece of, of the picture as well is that the energy in the room that day on the day of the awards was because all those women there all know these struggles mm. and we're all there to support each other. Mm. No, it is. Once you know somebody has your back. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Now, not everybody is lucky to have somebody to have their back all the time. So um, gratitude is a huge part of that as well. So we all Absolutely. just say thank you. No, I think you're very you know, lucky to have you know. uh, to know what that looks like and know who those people are. And yeah. actually, Alison from my team who was there on the day, um, after she yeah. she rang me, yeah. she videoed me and I in New York and she said to me that the love yeah. and the support and the feeling was, that mate, was in that mad. room. And I haven't ever heard her leave yeah. an event and say that. So to me, I think that 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 captured something very special. Everybody said it. Mm. Everybody said it. But you, you, you created that in allowing people that space and mm. bringing those like minded people together because um, I don't think it's always the case in terms no. of how certain things work um, or that perception of women supporting women in business. Mm. So I think I think you created something very special. We did. And um, I'll leave it on this quote. Every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. I didn't say that. Serena Williams did. OK. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to say thank you so much for joining us today for this podcast and congratulations once on your brilliant win. Thank you, Bianca. Now, next, the Air VIP Publishing Power of Women Awards is one of the biggest dates in the VIP calendar. And this year, Air have partnered with us once again to make the day even more special. Joining me now to tell us more about the partnership is Air's Managing Director of Customer Operations, Sinead O'Gorman. Sinead, thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. We're delighted to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's brilliant. Tell me, why um, Why was this partnership with, with the, um, I'm going to say the AIR VIP Power Women Awards, um, why was it so important for AIR to get involved with this? What was it in particular that spoke to you about these awards? Well, I think it's essential that we recognise, celebrate um, the role of entrepreneurs in Irish society and for me, especially female entrepreneurs. I think, you know, it, it's something that Aira really passionate about our small business customers um, and we, you know, really want to be seen to support them. And, you know, in particular, we have a lot of our senior management. We have a 50-50 male-female uh, split in our senior management team. And so for us, we were consciously looking for, you know, how can we support small businesses in a way and especially support um, 
small female businesses mm. because, you know, there's still, we all know the various different barriers and challenges that are there. So for us, it was very important to find the right relationship and the VIP um, relationship mm. was perfect for us. You must have been kicking yourself that you weren't able to make the awards. Absolutely. <laughs> you were at another awards, which we can talk about in a moment. But I mean, the energy in the room that day, which I'm sure you've heard from your colleagues who were in attendance, was just incredible. Obviously, we've been doing a number of these podcasts yeah. and talking to a lot of our winners and our nominees over the last number of weeks. And everybody will tell you that it was just electric. It was something so special about it. And it was women supporting women. It was propping each other up giving each other a leg up and, and being there for each other. And there seems to be a shift in that energy of women supporting women in the last number of years, do you think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's probably the hottest ticket in air. Mm. Everybody wants to go yeah. to those awards. Yeah. No. Um, there's lists long and, you know, to be fair to Susan and her team, you know, you know, really making sure that we get, you know, colleagues from across the business to give everybody the opportunity and that's exactly what they were saying to me it's just amazing being there you feel like you're part of something really special Mm -hmm. you know when you're at the awards and absolutely like I'm Working in this industry, it was they were being know, nice by saying a long time. Years, over I know, years, I know. But probably even a bit longer than that. Yeah. And you're right. In the last few years, I really yeah, feel a difference. And mm. and actually, I think it's because us as females were being much more vocal about saying, you know, we want to support you. Mm. You know, I've an open door. Come and talk to me. Let me help you. Mm. Let me mentor you. You know, and I'm seeing that across multiple industries. And I think there are a lot of organisations out there that are, you know, really helping Mm -hmm. to make that a platform like the 30% Club to be really vocal and, you know, get it out there and have Mm. those discussions that, you know, we need to do this. We need to support each other. We need to, you Mm -hmm. know... Um, help people on their journey the way maybe we were helped or maybe that we weren't helped so we recognise that it's really important that we step into that role now so yeah I I think it's fantastic I've seen a huge shift in the last few years and it's discussed like it's discussed regularly around our senior management team and our boardroom table about how we can do more and what we can do differently Yeah how we can do more and what we can do differently there are two big questions like I think I I think the part of the reason why there's been a shift is because people are also being honest women are being honest about the fact that it's hard to do it all and we can't just lean in without other things falling apart you know so being honest about you know the, the the expense of childcare yeah. um, the fact that you, you need supports you need family and friends to give you a dig out or you need somebody to lean on financial supports the fact that we're saying it's not easy yeah. I think that's a crucial bit of it 100% yeah. I remember you know I was lucky to grow up with parents who constantly told me I could do anything I could be anyone yeah. and you know they would make sure whatever doors needed to be open were opened for me and I remember just going home to my mum one day and crying going yeah. You sold me a dead fish here. I can't. I can't do it all. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm trying to work full time. I had at the time three children under the age of five. I was like, I feel like I'm about to break. And, you know, she just laughed at me and she was like, there's always an answer. And she yeah. was right. Like I did. But I had to figure out how to get the answers that worked for me. And you know, for anyone who's kind of maybe starting in their career or at those points where they feel that, okay, how am I going to get through the next hour, never mind the next day? Certainly what worked for me was looking around and looking at those women who were maybe that bit ahead of me in their career or maybe their children were that bit older or, you know, whatever my kind of 
breaking point at that time was mm. looking around and going and say, can you have a coffee with me? I just, mm. I'd love to get a bit of advice. How did you, yeah. did you come across this or how did you handle? And I have to say, I got some of the best advice that you would never read in a book, that you would never, you know, hear in a lecture hall um, from having those few cups of tea mm. and asking somebody like any advice yeah. what 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 can you advise can me can you remember any of the advice you were given any particular nuggets 100% yeah. and i tell this to everybody i really was struggling with the guilt which i think a lot of yeah women do you know i was working long days coming home i had young children coming in the door at maybe half 6 to do homework the kids were tired i was tired um homework became like just the most evil thing in our house because nobody wanted to be doing it at half six and meeting with a, a former, you know, an amazing woman, Carol Ann Lennon, you know, I was having a cup of tea with her going, the most stressful hour of my day is when I walk in the door because Always I'm trying to way. get the homework Always done, the you know. And she said to me, okay, she said, you know what, great bit of advice. Um, you know, look at your childcare situation, but maybe see if you can get a teacher to come yeah. to your house after school. So most young teachers are looking for extra, mm. um, you know, money. Go to a local school so it's close to your house um, and see if they'll take over your childcare from, you know, whatever, three to six. So that way you don't yeah. even need to check the homework because you know it's been done by a professional. Brilliant. And Brilliant. it was the best advice. And we had the same girl for maybe seven years yeah. and she became a part of the family. But when I tell you that just yeah. took a bucket load of stress off yeah. me, that you were coming into hugs and kisses and OK, what's for dinner? But the stress. So, yeah, there's little nuggets like that that you'll never hear except mm. from somebody who's, you know, yeah. been through it themselves. Another thing that I, I love doing, because the, the dinners, coming home at half six and having <laughs> to cook a dinner, oh my God, and everybody's starving, everybody's cranky, and you end up just throwing something like that's unhealthy yeah. into the oven. So uh, when I am organised, which is rare, but uh, I, I try and do the slow cooker in the morning. Yeah. And it might happen once every two weeks or something. But even if that's good. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I'm exactly the same. And then you come home and it's done. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm no, a hero today. I've exactly, got it all figured out today. Or on the Sunday night, even try and throw something on. So at least a Monday yeah. is not, you Monday's know, the done. most stressful that's, day. Yeah, Monday's done. But yeah, little things like that. And look, I know for everyone, like it's not necessarily always about children or, no, you know, family life. But. I remember that being one of the most challenging things that I was trying to balance it all. And I have a very supportive husband. Uh, but look, you know, mm. he's not great in the kitchen. No. So the kids then are crying, oh, no, we don't want to eat dad's dinner yeah. today. And I'm going, oh, God, but it's his days to cook yeah. it. So you're going to have to eat it. And, yeah. you know, so just trying to get the balance right. But yeah, absolutely. I think that bit of advice, just have a look around the room, have a look around your building or even outside mm. friends working in different companies. I've never heard of somebody who isn't willing to have a cup of tea or a coffee, even yeah. if you don't know them particularly well. I love if I get an email from a younger colleague to mm. say, look, any chance I could meet you? I'd, I'd love mm. to see what you think about something. You know, I, I think that's a massive mm. compliment. And I, I know anyone that I work with feels the same. So, you know, I, mm. that's one thing I would say is always reach out. Um, it's fabulous uh, that you can take that wisdom and ex lived in experience um, into your role as uh, managing director of customer operations at AIR. I mean, I know that you're over or you have uh, 550 people yeah. that you manage um, on the floor. So that's incredible that you have that wealth. 
Yeah, no, uh, and I love it. And, you know, I would meet every new hire group that come into customer operations. And that's one thing, you know, at the end of my very brief chat where I'll be telling them, you know, maybe what my journey was, what my experience was and what to expect from working in air. Um, I always give them my email address, give them my number and say, look, always feel free to reach out. And um, no matter what, you know, just be accessible to people. And I think then, you know, you see the change and the shift and, mm. you know, that openness uh, among all of our staff. And, and, and I get regular emails. And again, I think it's brilliant that people feel, OK, there was when I first start working, there wouldn't have been a hope in hell that you'd ever contact mm. a managing director, you know, directly. They were locked in a room somewhere on the fifth floor. Um, so I think, again, it's a very conscious and it's the type of organisation AIR is that our full senior management team, you know, that's the way we want it to be and that's the way we work. And, you know, very much we, we have open plan offices. We don't even have an open door mm. policy. You know, we're there on the floors with all our teams. We we all hot desk. Um, mm. So it's a very open environment. And, you know, I'd like to think that a lot of organisations are like that. Mm. Have you a hybrid working um, start? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. So for the majority, we're in the office maybe three days a week, work from home two days a week. But again, um, depending on, a uh, you know, someone's personal situation, we, um, you know, will mm. take a look to see, you know, what mm. how flexible we can be. But yeah. I think it's really important in this day and age. You think so, yeah. Yeah, that companies are, you know. And do you think that that's worked towards um, women as well? I suppose women with families in particular, uh, that hybrid working approach? It, 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 yeah. definitely, it definitely helps. Um, you know, I, I know for me, I pick the two days where... There's most going on in the evening time where you know, I have three teenage One boys day. who all play a lot of sport <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. you know, that I'll go, OK, they're the days if I can yeah. work from home those days. Um, but I, I just think it's it's the right balance. I love being back in the office. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Just, you know, meeting people, the energy, you know, it, I think it really helps, mm. you know, just get your mind in that right place. I feel I'm more productive. I'm mm-hmm. very productive at home, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but um, I just love the energy and the feel in the mm-hmm. office. But I do think it's really important that we need to recognise where people are in their life stages and, and you know, try and support and facilitate that. And one thing we've been talking a lot about lately is seeing the whole person and understanding the whole person and not just the air employee Um and that's something that we've spoken about recently. We had a leadership conference within um, AIR there in the last two weeks. And that was one of the talking points that came across really clear that our our, our top 100 leaders in the organisation are feeling more and more that, you know, we see the whole person mm. and, you know, and, and that's the way that we are working as a team. Mm. What do you think are still the biggest challenges for w- women in business today? Oh God, I was having a think about this mm. last night and actually, do you know what? There are, they're so varied. You know, there's physical challenges, you know, you know, what our bodies may be going through that can really pose a challenge as mm. far as at times. The psychological challenges, um, something that's really struck me over the last few years, I have so many women that come to me saying, oh, I see this job has been advertised. Do you think I'd be good enough? Do you think I'd be able for that mm. role? I I don't think I've had any men come to me mm. and ask that question. And that whole, that psychological, that self-doubt, I think that's something that we really need to see. What can we do about yeah. that? And how can we... Yeah. So I think that's a big one that women, um, 
in particular tend to struggle with. And then, you know, there's the, the environmental factors. And, you know, I'm so lucky to work in an industry that um, for the most part over the last 25 years, I've seen a huge shift in the number of women, you know, coming into that industry and progressing into senior roles. Um, so I'm really lucky to have a lot of females around the table. Wasn't always the case. There was mm. back in the early days, plenty of meetings where I was the only woman in a room. But I know there are still industries where that's mm. not the case, especially more in the STEM um, you know, and the technology fields and even more really struggling to encourage girls into some of our more technical roles and the technician roles. So I think there's, you know, there's a lot of different categories of challenges and for everyone they're different. So that's why I think it's really important that we do focus on the person and try and, you know, kind of help them, yeah. you know, build or, or overcome whatever challenge it is. And so for me, that's why mentorship programs are so yeah. important. And, you know, that um, that openness, openness and, you know, having that, the trust in the organisation and that sense of transparency that you can come and knock on a door, you, you know, pick up the phone and ask someone and, and having the role models and having those conversations on a regular basis because, you know, policies are fantastic and we have some amazing policies um, in there. But actually, you know, sometimes people aren't going to go and read all those policies, mm. but they need to know that they can pick up the phone and ask someone a question or ask you to go and have a cup of tea with them. Um, so, yeah, there there are a hell of a lot of challenges still out there. And but I think I, we but, still yeah. have a long way to go, but we're much, much better at yeah. recognising them and talking about them. And as your mum said, there's always a solution to the problem. So always talk a solution. About it, yeah. yeah. Vocalise it. And even the fact that we're speaking about, you know, this now is is um, it's paving a road to the yeah. future, to a better future for, for women in business, hopefully. Um, talk to me about the CCMAs because that's of course yes. what kept you away <laughs> from did. our uh, VIP Power Women Awards it did so actually the CCMAs which are kind of the call centre management um, awards that are ha- held annually and it's something that's really really dear to my heart because we've been on a huge transformation journey over the last four years and you know the customer care in air has been well documented over the years and the journey we've been on has just been unbelievable so for the last two years, we've actually won um, the award for the best technology transformation program. Wow. So a real testament to the journey we've been on and the transformation that we've been going through. So absolutely delighted for me, for my team, for the whole organisation to get that external recognition. Because just like the VIP mm-hmm. awards, mm-hmm. Um, you know, rigorous, you know, mm-hmm interviews, submissions, you know, so certainly not um, easy awards to win. And on the room, it kind of, on the night in the room, it dawned on me, there was 43 of the top organisations in the country mm-hmm. in that room. Mm-hmm. And we were shortlisted for five awards, which I, I think was probably the most to be shortlisted. Uh, and to come away with that Transformation and Technology Award, you know, that's a fairly coveted award. Mm-hmm. So I was just... So happy for everyone who's been on that journey with us over the last number of years. But um, Monday I was back to work yeah. and <laughs> back on that journey, you know, that, yeah. that, that we're still continuing on um, because we really are passionate about really improving and delivering, a, you know, a much more improved level of care to our customers. So that's something I'm extremely passionate about. And that's the driving force for me. 
Well done. That's fantastic. Well, look, listen, lovely to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining me and um, and also for AIR's sponsorship and support for the VIP AIR Power Women Awards. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you and much. we're privileged to be able to sponsor the awards. Before we go, thanks again to our sponsors AIR, Ireland's number one business broadband provider. Head over to air.ie forward slash business to find out more about their unlimited business broadband from just 34 99 a month.